Hi, I'm Wyatt. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to Our Dad and your host of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore, and I am having one of my favorite types of conversations and episodes. We're having a conversation with successful short-term rental owners. And I've got Elise Rosado here with us, one of our members in our Vodacy Empire Club community. And she's going to share with us her journey. So Elise, thank you so much for joining us on the on the podcast today. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We were just talking off camera. I'm in uh, northern Utah mountains up by the ski resort. Elise is down in Tampa, Florida, and she's getting enjoying nice 80 degree weather. And I was just saying, I'm trying to look at her calendar right now to book her property. She's got a property we're going to talk about down in Tampa and uh, we're, we're ready to escape some snow, but she said that's not, not a lot of openings, right, Elise, right now, this time of year? No, it's definitely peak season, and I can see that reflected in my reservations, but nice. hey, no complaints here. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. And so um, before we dive into the, to, the, to the property and kind of that journey, can we back up a little bit? I always love to hear people's background, what pays the bills right now, what got you interested into real estate, if you've been in real estate uh, for a long time before you got in, interested in the short-term rental game. So let's let's back up a little bit and just hear a little bit of your background and kind of what got you interested in this game. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I definitely have an entrepreneurial spirit. I've kind of bounced around a lot and done a lot in my life for only being 34 years old, but uh, I went to the University of Florida and I graduated with a degree in marketing and advertising. And from there, um, I got a job in affiliate marketing. Okay. A lot of people don't know what affiliate marketing is. It's like online ads is the easiest way to describe it. You know, YouTube ads, the ad that maybe you saw before you started watching this podcast or Instagram, Facebook advertising. Um, so I started with the job in that, and then I switched gears completely and opened a pure bar studio, which is fitness ballet bar oriented stuff down in South Florida. Um, did that brick and mortar thing for a minute, but realized there was no time freedom in it whatsoever. So then I, uh, sold that and moved back up to the Tampa Bay area, got back into affiliate marketing, um, which is great because I appreciate having a flexible schedule. Then I got to the point where I was like, okay, not loving the tax bill that I'm seeing at the end of the year. And there has to be something smarter that I can do with this money. So I started looking into my options like, okay, what can I use as like a write-off, you know, totally naive to it. And then a lot of people around me in my circle started mentioning something called cost segregation. Um, so I was like, okay, let me look into this a little bit more. And then a local realtor friend of mine um, shared a contact with me about cost, like somebody who owns a cost segregation business. Yeah. And we had that conversation and I was like, okay, great. This sounds like something I want to do. Let's go out and buy a property. And this was last summer. So the market was hot, like properties were flying off, um, you know, the shelves, so to speak. And there were four, five, six offers per property in the Tampa Bay area. Um, so I ended up, you know, securing my property, but the ultimate goal here is to create long-term wealth um, through real estate. And I see that value now. Um, I see how real estate can really create and build that foundation for not having to go to work every single day and being able to enjoy more time with, you know, family, friends, and do what I love and what's important to me down the road. Nice. So when you started talking to the, like the circles and trying to figure out, okay, well, you know, cause that's a, that's actually, it's interesting that 
the tax side of life actually draws a lot of people to real estate, right? That's actually, I hear that more often than you think. It's not always the the lifestyle financial freedom. A lot of times we're looking, high income earners are looking at these big tax bills and say, what are my best options? And a lot of times real estate ownership is a great option for for tax write-offs. Now, short-term rentals have a a little bit different kind of loophole. We call it the short-term rental tax loophole. But Mm -hmm. when you were, I'm curious when you were talking to some of the professionals and some of the, even the cost seg person that you were talking to, did they specifically say, hey, you, you ought to look at short-term rentals or were they really talking in general real estate or did, did you have to decide on short-term rentals? Um, they mentioned short-term rentals. And so then I was like, okay, short-term rental, great. Uh, never done that before. And then I think that's where I got, you know, where I, I was Googling or, you know, Instagram searching. And that's where, you know, whoever does your marketing does a great job. And that is affiliate marketing. And that is yep, what I, but, say, you know, I they targeted the right person yeah. <laughs> because I probably got served your ad, you know, and then I clicked on it and then I watched your, you know, VSL and I was like, okay, this sounds great. And then I just saw your ads all the time. And I was like, okay, I think I need help with this. And that's where I decided to just make the investment and get the course. Awesome. Love it. So, so that was, that was not quite a year ago, not even a full year ago. That was last summer, right? Um, When you you really started diving into this with really no real estate experience up until that point where you really started saying, and it really was motivated by the, Hey, I don't, I'm, I'm tired of paying this, this much in taxes. Yeah, exactly. Like the only real estate experience I had prior was buying my primary residence. Um, and so, you know, obviously it's great to have a primary residence and they do appreciate over a long period, you know, long term, but, um, you see a lot of people out there, a lot of like, you know, money gurus, like you can't look at your primary residence as like an investment, so to speak, yeah. because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't cash flow. There's no tax advantages like I have with the short-term rental. So that's right. when I really started diving deep into real estate. And I think that, um, you know, now I'm hooked, you know, I love it. I'm like, oh my God, this is great. Like, how can I do my next one? You know, what are the options? What's on the table? So I'm excited. That's awesome. So, so that was, I mean, you're, you're really brand new less than a year ago. We're diving yeah. into it. We start looking in home is Tampa, right? And so, and when, when you went in, I'm curious and to share with the listeners, because I always talk to people and say, hey, listen, you know, you can, whether you do it in your backyard or whether you do it across the country, you really have to get things dialed in and set up pretty much the same now outside of some of the management decisions. But when you decided, when you were choosing your location, you decided to stay close to home, right? You, you When you yes. were, how, what was that decision based on? I think it was more of a comfort level thing for me. Um, I wanted to be somewhere where I could, you know, kind of micromanage the process yeah. because I'm very type A. Um, surprise. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, I need to be somewhere where I can pop in and check on the property. Um, I know the area and Tampa, especially within the last five years, has seen explosive growth, not only in real estate, but just in like the business sector, everything that's coming here, travel, tourism. um, It's just everywhere I look, something new is popping up, growing. And so I felt like there was a lot of security in the market here too, um, regardless of everything that's going on in real estate right now. I feel like Tampa is relatively unfazed. So I'm like, I live here. Um, I feel like it's a great market to invest in. Housing prices are not going to go down from where they are. So if I, if I come in now, um, you know, not only will I get that tax savings, but I will see appreciation on the property too. Nice. And so, so great. So we decide, we go through that process and we decide, you know, okay, Tampa's where we're wanting to look. Like you mentioned, 
that back then, and it, and it's still hot. The markets are still hot right now. But back then, you were talking like it, they were gone in hours. Uh, hours, yeah. literally hours. Um, and so that's part of my learning experience, I would say, uh, going into that because I just submitted a contract as is, and you know, in hindsight, that was a good and a bad thing. It got me the property, um, which I'm grateful for, and you know, I don't regret the property that I purchased. Um, but there were definitely some things that I would have done differently. Yeah. What are that. some of those? Like right now, like as a listener, that's a, that's, I love asking that question. Like when we're, when we're going through that process, what are some of the things that we would have done a little different? Like, I know, like, I, I remember I was, I was making offers back then too. I bought a property back in June. And during the time I had made 43 offers on, in this market I was in, I was in North Georgia wow. mountains and, and I was making offers covering hundred thousand dollar appraisal gaps. We were making them sight unseen as is and with no, no inspection contingencies and everything else. Like I would always, I'd put non-refundable earnest money up. We would still have, like, I would still always go look at the property physically before I closed. And if I was going to walk out, I would lose all my earnest money, but right. we were putting a significant amount up and putting that all at risk. And so it was like, I, I get what you're saying. Like we were doing the same thing back, yeah. you know, because back then you, you weren't competing at all, unless you were able to do that. And so I feel like everybody was panic buying, you know, yeah. and I was like, Oh my God, I need to get in on it too. Let me panic buy as well. Right. So, right. so that's what I did. Um, I, you know, I did go see the property, um, with my friend who, you know, introduced me to Cossack and everything. Um, he's a realtor. So we went in, we saw the property. Um, it's an older home. It was built in 1928. So there were things like, you know, like the foundation was a little wonky, yeah. like, but that's to be expected in a home of that age. Um, so I saw the home and then funny enough, I decided to get on a plane um, and go to Greece and Egypt for two and a half weeks, but I still wanted the property. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, let's um, put in an offer. And so he's like, okay, well, we have to go in at asking price um, just because of the nature of the market. He's like, I think we need to do as is um, because that's, the way we're going to, at the time, they said there were four other offers on the table um, from that weekend that it went on the market. Who knows if that was true or if they were inflating numbers, but um, he was like, we just need to go in with the most competitive offer that we can. And yeah. I think that's as is. So I was like, okay, let's do it. I could also be somewhat impulsive. So I was like in Greece, reading the contract. I'm like, let's go, let's do it. Let's you know, I didn't see the property a second time. I'm overseas. And so I ended up closing on the property, getting everything done while I was abroad. Um, and then come back and we get in there. Uh, my boyfriend never saw the house. I decided to do all of this, you know, on my own. And then I bring him in after the fact. And he's like, did you see this? Did you see that? How about this? And I'm like, no, no, I don't remember. And so he's like, He's like, okay, like this is the last time you are buying a property without me coming in, you know, because he's very handy and he he does have an eye for those things. Whereas I was more in the business mindset, like I need to buy now. I need to do something this year. I need to get my short-term live before the end of 2022. You know, I want to cost egg this thing. Um, and he's coming in like, okay, well, did you see everything that we have to do in order to get this thing going right. operational. Yeah. So I think that because of the nature of the market, um, I was a little rushed into making those decisions, which you can look at both ways. Like it made me just like take the plunge, um, which could be a good thing because you don't have time to sit there and talk yourself out of it. Right. Um, but on the flip side, it's like, okay, well now something that I thought was turnkey and ready to go was really not turnkey. 
and ready right. to go. So you didn't buy it planning on doing the remodel that you guys ended up tackling, right? No. You bought it thinking yeah. you would, okay. So that's super, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's super interesting. Cause you, you and, and I'm going to post a link to the property, you guys in the show notes, those of you that are listening, go check out the property. If you're in the Tampa area, definitely check it out to stay. But it's, I mean, you, you did a beautiful remodel on it. So, but that wasn't your intention to do that when you bought it. No, I think, um, you know, it was definitely a fix and flip. Uh, the previous owner was a real estate agent and I think he did a lot of the work himself. So didn't hire contractors. Um, and it was basically, he put lipstick on a pig. Okay. So we go in there and when you really look, you know, at the nitty gritty and up close and things, you're like, okay, Wow. Like that really was not done well. Um, or we, I had contractors come in later and they're like, this is great and all, but it's wrong. Like it's not code, it's not up to code. So we have to come in and we have to redo everything. Redo yeah. So there was a lot of upfront cost that I was not anticipating on having. So I was like, okay, wow, this is like between the down payment and everything, like this is a lot of money out of pocket. So then I ended up getting, a, you know, another little loan out which is fine now because the property is paying that back. But yeah. in the moment, I was like, wow, I am dumping a lot of time, money, and effort into this property. And I've never done this before. Like, yeah. I don't know if this is going to work. Right. Well, and that's a great point and, and a great lesson for those that are thinking about, you know, because I, I totally agree. Like, in fact, I tell people all the time, be very careful buying value add type properties or properties that you're going to do any significant work to because- when you start doing work and you start pulling things back and you start you start fixing things in any sort of remodel, there's always way more to be done and it co it costs more and it takes longer to do than you plan on. And I've done a lot of fix and flip properties, and so I always I'm always nervous for first time investors to get into that because it can be overwhelming really really fast. And if you get into it, and you're like, holy, you know, what did, what am I, what did I just bite off? Right. And so it's, it's really good. I mean, I think the lesson here too, is to say, listen, one, your personality is going to be, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, shoot fire aim. Right. And so that, that's, that's what you're like, I'm that's kind of how my personality has been. But yeah. so I, I yeah. understand that that's why you're successful. There's a lot of really successful people like that, but sometimes you're rolling back and like, man, I probably should have aimed a little bit better and oh, make, yeah. at least knew what I was walking into. So that's a good lesson for people to hear. I love, I love these conversations because we share the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you know, the successes and some of the things we would change. And that's a good point to say, hey, listen, really pay attention of what you're walking into because yeah. it can be, especially for a first-time investor, um, a, a fix and, you know, where this turned into sort of a fix and flip situation, a rehab situation. I know you're flipping it, but a rehab situation before you're going to put it live. And like you said, it, it took you longer. It, you end up taking a loan out, costs a little bit more, just mm -hmm. like those things that are going to happen because you're uncovering things that you probably didn't realize right out of the gate because we're, we get excited and we're, we're kind of running into it. Like you said, like in a panic buy and, yeah, absolutely. and that's sometimes <laughs> you, sometimes we do that and it works out and, and ultimately this is working out just fine, but it could have, it could, it could have probably saved a few. Oh, it could, yeah. Right? It could have gone the other way, but yeah. yeah, there were sleepless, there were sleepless nights. There were tears. There were multiple next time I'm buying a brand new build yeah. things, yeah. you know, not a, not a 1920s home. Yeah. 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 I mean, the character is great and it's cute and I love it now. And people love like the neighborhood. It's, it's, it's really, you know, it's quaint, it's cute, it's quiet. Um, and the history is there, which is awesome. But yeah, there are definitely a lot of problems because my primary residence is a new build. Yeah. So I don't even have any prior experience with older homes. 
And I'm like, let's just buy something that's a century old yeah. and like get it done. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've remodeled a lot of homes in my day. In fact, they're the area that I would remodel homes in. They were all built probably, you know, at the, you know, the turn of the century in that 1900 to 1920 range. Yeah. And so, yeah, there, that's a, that's an entirely new beast when you start to, to remodel older homes, even versus, you know, Absolutely. something that's 20 or 30 years old. Yeah. And yeah. So, so how long did that take? So you bought the home. When did you end up closing on the home? End of July, very end, like probably July 29th, okay. July 30th. So nice, nice, cool working weather in Tampa to, to dive Oh in yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were out there. I was, you know, sweating buckets. We had to rip out a deck. That was fun. Like a deck, like a four by, oh, like a, I don't know, four by four, two by four, something, the square ones yeah. fell on my leg, like pinned me down. I was like, I am telling you this HGTV, if they knew that this was going on, would have made a lot of money. They would have loved it. This would have been a great episode. Yeah, exactly. It would have been fantastic. I'm like, you know, I really should have gotten on one of those shows (laughs) because the drama was there. Um, But yeah, we closed end of July. um, And I thought like, okay, you know, a month or two, maybe when I originally bought the home, you know, get all the furniture in to and create that great guest experience. And we didn't end up going live on Airbnb until December 15th. Okay. So you were really pushing, pushing it close. Yeah. I remember toward yeah. the end of the year, like, I mean, cause you, because one of the rules for, to, for all the tax savings that you were okay. really trying to get. And one of the biggest motivators of buying this property, I mean, you're really running toward the end of the line because these properties have to be in service that calendar year. So they do. Um, yeah. Yep. So you got, yeah, they're, they're, got they're emailing service. me. They're like, are you guys live yet? Are you live? And I'm like, right. I'm working on it. And then yeah. I got to a point where I'm like, okay, if it's not perfection, we just need to get it on Airbnb. Yeah. Um, but I would say like, other than little things, it was pretty much perfect because you know, going through the course and creating that great guest experience. I was like, I'm not going to just put this up and like risk getting a bad review and all of this. So I really wanted to make sure that everything was like all the T's were crossed. Yeah, it's awesome. And I remember when you, as you were going through, and I remember when you actually posted in our group and, and went live and I looked through the pictures, I mean, you did an amazing job. It really did turn out beautiful at the end of the day. Right. And so, but that's a, that's a long process. That's, that's a long you know, mm-hmm. drawn out, like it probably felt like, you know, those four or five months probably felt like two or three years while you're in the yeah, middle absolutely. of it. Right. And yeah. So- because money's only going out too, you know, yeah. during that time frame, and it's, and money's going out and I'm here sitting here, like, I've never done this. Like, is it going to come back in? Right. Right. That was a big gamble that I took, but that's also why, you know, I saw so much value in enlisting help because I'm really great at following a blueprint. Like, like if somebody shows me how to make something work, I can implement it and make it work. Um, and I've done that with multiple courses across multiple different you know areas of my life. But um, that is where I was like, okay, you know, I'm taking the leap of faith and I'm going to invest in the knowledge and I'm just going to pray. And yeah. it ended up working out. <laughs> That's awesome. And it, and it turned out awesome. So, so let's say, so we would launch a beautiful property December 15th. Tell mm-hmm. us, kind of walk us through what, like, what did that launch look like as far as bookings? Was it, was there, you know, were there nerves in that? Like how, how soon before you got those first bookings when you did launch it? 
Yeah, there were definitely nerves. You know, I felt good. Um, you know, I used the call that, you know, you guys provide to like go over my listing before I took it yeah. live, which was fantastic. Like that resource really made me feel good because when they went through, they didn't have a ton of notes. They're like, the photos look great. You know, I maybe would switch this around, but I was like, okay, I feel strong that I'm coming out the gate with a really nice listing. Yeah. Um, I put it live and then... I, I priced it lower, you know, a little bit lower to get those initial reservations. But when I tell you that five reservations came in in like two hours, then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm starting to panic. Yeah. I'm priced too low. <laughs> so, yep. So then I raised, you know, I raised the price. What well, was the, you know, first three bookings get like 20% off. And then, you know, more people started booking after that promotion ended. And so I'm like, okay, I can raise these prices a little bit. Um, but yeah, the one of the bookings, what's coming like that following week. So I put it live and then I had somebody getting in there within like seven days of going live. Yeah. So the little items in my head that I was like, oh, I have time to like kind of sort this out. I was like, nope, we it's go time. We have to make sure everything is perfection, um, you know, down to the brand of toilet paper that I'm buying when these people come in a week. Yeah. And then um, after that, I raised the price, but it's still like, I think because I was, it was peak season here in Florida, um, you know, January was probably, I would say 60% um, occupied. And then February and March were like 90% occupancy. And I think that, um, and you know, you did bump your price along the way. You oh, better, yeah. 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 I bought my price. I saw that weekends booked faster than weekdays. So I did change that. And I made the weekends a little bit more expensive. Um, and those still like even um, May, April and May, those are still the first things that are booking out. But surprisingly enough, like I will have random gaps like Tuesday through Thursday that'll book for yeah. like, I don't know what, but it's it's nice being kind of in an urban city center because there are conferences and people are coming here for work. And it's not just the weekend events that are drawing people to the area. So I think that that's what's helped me a lot. And then I'm really hoping that, you know, next peak season, I'm going to be bringing in even more because I, I already have that experience. I'll have the reviews under my belt. I think I'm one review away from getting my super host status on nice. Airbnb. So very excited about that. Um, and then, yeah, so next peak season should be great in terms of revenue coming in. Yeah, it, for sure. You, you, you always leave a little money on the table when you launch right yeah. at a peak season. It's nice because you get those, that initial traction and those bookings, but because you're, because you're, you're figuring out prices and, you know, our whole pricing strategy with a launch, you're going to be a little bit less than you normally would be, but right. you can raise it pretty quick. Right. And that's, what's nice yeah. about it. If you make those adjustments, you'd recognize that adjustment. And so that's awesome. And you, so this one, because it's close to home, you chose to manage the property yourself rather than get a management company. Right. And so you're, yeah. you're learning the management game as well. So why don't you share a little bit? Cause a lot of our guests are like my, myself, I don't manage my own properties. I hire management companies. So I'd love to hear like how the management's going and how you feel like, you know, like, are you learning a lot? Do you enjoy it? Like what, how does that, how is that working for it and, and working into your everyday, you know, work schedule and everything else? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually did interview some property management companies and they took me through the whole spiel and they looked at my property and, you know, they said it looked great. I read through contracts. Um, at the end of the day, I think for me, I wanted to keep that 20% in my pocket. Yeah. And um, 
I also being very type A kind of OCD controlling personality, I wanted to make sure that when the home was being turned over, that it was being turned over to, you know, my expectations and what I would want, you know, when I travel, you know, I, I appreciate the finer things, you know, I, I tend to gravitate toward the Ritz Carlton's or the Fairmonts. I like that experience. And so when somebody's booking my property, I want them to have a similar experience um, in that they don't have to worry about something not being clean or not being stocked. Um, so I definitely didn't realize how much time it would take. It does take a lot of time. So if you're getting into it for like the whole lifestyle time freedom thing, you do not want to self-manage. Yeah. I will tell all of the listeners that right now, <laughs> do not self-manage because it is another job. That's part of the cost segregation thing too, though, is you kind of have to qualify as uh, a part-time real estate professional. But um, I have a great cleaning company, so I do not do the cleaning myself. You know, I, I found somebody who is able to book pretty much, you know, as if I called them tomorrow and I was like, hey, I need a really quick turnover, they'd be able to do it. Um, so I'm grateful that I found them right off the bat. And then, you know, I like the management part of like messaging the guests and managing my Airbnb calendar. And, you know, you know, people are coming in for a 50th birthday or somebody's taking their daughter to a concert at Raymond James Stadium. They want to make it really special because it's her 16th birthday. So I like that part of it a lot. Um, and again, like I don't mind coming in after the cleaning crew and making sure everything is exactly, you know, the right way and the way that it needs to be. Um, because I want to make sure when people come in that they they're like, wow, this is a great place. And now I can just sit back, relax and enjoy my vacation. I don't have to worry about anything. Yeah, there have been some instances. I will say this was probably this was my second reservation. So it was, you know, I'm very new to this second reservation comes in and we had very cold weather, like uncharacteristically cold weather in the state of Florida. I am talking 30 degrees. Um, so back, you know, in the 1920s, they really didn't build and insulate homes to withstand freezing temperatures. Um, I have a heat system. It works. Uh, but it just wasn't keeping up with how cold it was. And being that it's an older home, it's kind of leaky, you know, there's drafts. So I am on my way. This was the day after Christmas. It was a Christmas reservation. So this is December 26th and I am in the car on my way to Vero Beach because I have family over in Vero Beach. And I'm like, okay, you know, this is great. Like everything should be fine. I can go jet across the state for a day, you know, no problems. Well, halfway through we're in Lakeland. I get a call from the person staying at the Airbnb and he goes, you know, the heat's not working. Um, if we can't get this resolved, it's really cold in the house. We're going to have to stay somewhere else. Panic mode sets in because I don't know what to do. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm halfway across the state. Like the heater was working. Like I checked it. It's fine. Like, I don't know why it wouldn't be working. Luckily, my boyfriend stayed back because he had to work. And I was like, how can I fix this in the moment? I go on Home Depot's website and I'm like space heaters. Okay. How can I order space heaters? I ordered three space heaters. Um, I'm like, you have to leave work. I'm like, you have to leave your job and you need to go to Home Depot and you need to pick up these space heaters and you need to bring them to this house in between this hour and this hour and set them up and make sure the house is warm. And he's like, what? 
And I'm like, yes, this is, I have a review writing on this. Like I need this five-star review. It is my second booking. You have to go. He's like, okay, fine. I will do this. So he goes to Home Depot. He gets the space heaters, sets it up. And that's all it needed. Like the heaters just needed help, you know, in the bedrooms to like kick up the heat in the house. And then everything worked fine. And they had no other complaints and they appreciated that it was resolved quickly. But if you self-manage, you're not going to know what's going to come up and something like that is going to happen. So you have to be, and you know, I wouldn't say in my life, I've never been great at managing stress, but this whole process has taught me to manage stress better. I think, because it's like, you need to kind of set that aside, like forget your own panic. What's the problem? How can we fix it? How quickly can we fix it and make sure that the guest has a good experience? So I would say that running it myself has really helped me, you know, manage stress a lot better, which I never thought I would say in my life. Yeah. You know, usually I'm a stress mess, but things like that will happen. And if you self-manage, you just have to be ready for it. So that's where, that's where the 20% comes in, right? You're right. hiring somebody else to deal to, with those to problems. Deal with, to deal with that stress. Yeah. Exactly. But one thing that you mentioned a couple things in there was self-management. Cause I, I, I really truly believe that most people are not cut out to self-manage. And that's really contrary to what a lot of people in this space would say. And so, but the reason is because a lot of people self-manage to save the money or to maybe learn the business. And I say, if you're going to self-manage, you should really love the hospitality side of it. You should really love to provide that experience for somebody because that's where the joy really comes in, in the self-management. And also, and you mentioned that you love when somebody's coming in for a special occasion and you make sure the house is perfect for them, right? And that's where that's where the fulfillment of self-management comes in, I believe. And if you're not, if you don't enjoy that, then everything's just a stress because there's yeah. going to be those things that come up, right? And, and all of a sudden it becomes a second job that you don't enjoy. And that's why I say that because not everybody wants to be part of the hospitality part of the world. Like they, they're not, not everybody wants to be you know, part of the experience. And if that's not the reason you want to self-manage, you know, a lot of us get into self-managing because of those other two reasons, but the joy comes from what you just mentioned is being part of the experience. And if you don't get joy out of that, then the self-management can be really a drag for you. Oh yeah. I, I joke that I run a small hotel business now. Yeah. <laughs> run a hotel so yeah, you know that, that, I have a person that actually does run hotels like professionally like she managed the Trump hotel in New York uh-huh. for various amounts of years but I'm like I basically do what you do now yeah, I'm, I'm, we're basically yeah. the same like that's what yeah, I do, right I <laughs> love it and you become resourceful like that's one thing yeah. that's fun about it right you 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 know like I love where you just you know you're you took a challenge and instead of saying hey this was such a headache you're like hey I learned to do things that i never really thought I would probably do. Right. And absolutely, and so, which is great. You know, you become resourceful with it and, and uh, solve the problems and, and to your credit to Elise, you're, you're a great host, right? Not all hosts would take it that serious. And that's right. where some hosts get a bad reputation. And, and it's, I'm always super excited to hear of management companies and hosts that take it serious and do take the guest experience serious because to your to your point, they were like, we're going to have to find somewhere else. At the end of the day, yeah. they probably gave you a great review because you came, you came in and took care of their problem and you solved their problem. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, more and more we're seeing, um, you know, on social media or something, people posting about these negative experiences that they're having on Airbnb. And it's unfortunate because there are, you know, hosts and management companies that do provide a, an above and beyond experience beyond yeah. what you would get at a hotel. But then there are 
on the flip side of that, people who just like set it and forget it. Yeah. And, you know, the guest is pretty much on their own. So I think that, you know, putting yourself in the prior category of really paying attention to detail and taking care of your guests um, will help. I mean, that shows through. It's already showing through in my property listing. You know, it's getting yeah. properly through. So I go incognito mode and stalk and see where my property hits on yeah. the Airbnb search page for Tampa. And I see myself rising in the ranks. I mean, obviously there's an algorithm there with which how quickly I get booked and the reviews that I'm getting. Um, but I, I've been seeing my property move up in that um, be, and on the pages because yeah. of everything that I'm doing. And so it's definitely worth it. Um, if you do want to go into the self-management, just keep that, you know, front of mind that you're going to want to provide that experience. Um, Which is what it takes a little happen. more time. And it's you, oh, you have the time and, and to be able to do it. And to your point, sometimes it, you, you've got to, if you're not there, you're going to, you better have some resources that are there because if you, I mean, you are there, you're, you're within, you know, what are you? 15, 15 minutes. 15 yeah. Minutes from the house. Home. So, and yeah. there have been. There have been other issues too, like the Wi-Fi goes down and the smart lock doesn't work. Right. I've had to run a key over there because, yeah. you know, these grandparents and their grandchildren were locked out of the house like at eight o'clock at night. But, you know, I'm going to do that and it, it's fine. It takes 15 minutes for me right. to do that. Um, but that's, you know, you never know when, when you have somebody in here, yeah. you never know what's going to happen. So you it's never to- on a Tuesday afternoon when you have nothing oh. going on. Right? Oh yeah, it's, no, never. No, it was like a Friday. It was a Friday night, you know. Yeah, Friday like, night, you're going out. At the house. I'm like, right. oh my gosh. And then I see my ring cameras, everything's down. I'm like, there goes the Wi-Fi. So I'm like calling Spectrum on one end. I'm driving to the property, you know, on the other. I'm like, I'm coming with the key. Spectrum, you need to reset the modem. Like, what are you doing over there? It's not working. I have people locked out of the house. Right, right. Well, that's so so we're now, I mean, really, I'm gonna back up a little bit because I know this is a topic that a lot of our listeners are interested in. And when we talked about the tax side of it, have you, do you know where the tax savings are going to come in? So, um, and I'm just going to give a little bit of an outline for those that aren't familiar with what we're talking about here. So with short-term rentals, you can buy a property. And then what happens is you can materially participate in a property. And Elise mentioned, you know, you kind of have to have those hours and there are qualifications for material participation. In this case, with your remodel and everything, I'm sure you were, you were easily over those hours. Oh, yes. Yeah, way, way exceeded. But <laughs> it was, in, it was um, a full time job at that point, Sean. Right. So, <laughs> so you didn't have to worry about the hours, but you do have to participate in the property the first year that you're going to claim this. And then what happens is you cost segregate the entire property. And then we take what's called bonus depreciation and we can write off 100% of that cost segregation against our active income, which is huge for high income earners. And it's not just against your passive income. And so that's why short-term rentals are great because you don't have to be a real estate professional to be able to write off those losses against your active income. And so in this case, on this property, at least, did you, did you, have you netted out about what you're going to be into it and what you're going to save on taxes? Yeah. So I would say I probably spent a little bit more than the tax savings because of the unanticipated stuff that came up. Um, but I do not owe the IRS anything this year, which is fantastic. I would say I saved $50,000 on the cost seg alone, or I was able to take 50, you know, 50 grand off, uh, my tax bill. And then I did some other tax saving strategies to save some more in other areas. So, so, so if the, so let's say the cost seg saved you about $50,000 and that's not a $50,000 write-off you guys, usually that's going to be like $150,000 write-off that's going to save you around 50. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, how much were, how, how much were you into the property? What was your down payment and what, what was the cost that you were into the property? 
Yeah, so I put down a hundred and then the renovate, it was probably 125 total with everything. Okay. So so essentially you cut your you're all into the property by by buying that property. Because if you didn't buy it, you're gonna owe an extra fifty thousand dollars to the IRS. Right. Yeah, so, that would it would have gone that fifty grand would have gone to the IRS. Yeah. So now you're net that into the property grand, 70 grand. Investment. Yeah. yeah. My, the, way I, the way I looked at it, I was like, okay, I can either, you know, give this money to Uncle Sam or I can put this money into something that is going to appreciate in value, become something for my retirement, and then potentially cash flow, which yeah. I'm already, next peak season, I'm going to be covering the mortgage on the property and then and probably double, double, triple the mortgage on the property yeah. based off of what I've seen this year. And I'm not even in the top tier pricing that I could potentially be charging. Yeah, it's it's a huge advantage. And so so what that also means is by being able to do some of those things, our cash on cash return and our return on investment just skyrockets when you can kind of just keep parlaying some of the same money into the next property, right? And so oh, I did the same on um, when we just got the the uh the numbers back on one I did in Georgia and I put $160,000 down. I ended up getting a uh, tax savings, we we got a write-off, or uh, excuse me, I put $200,000 down. I got a write-off that saved me $160,000 in taxes. So my net into that property is $40,000. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really, it's a huge way to continue to grow, right? And continue yeah. to parlay into other properties. People always say, man, it's going to take so long to save up for that other down payment. Well, we can do a lot of these strategies mm-hmm. and kind of parlay them into multiple properties, it, you can grow pretty quick. And and it's a pretty exciting thing to be able to take advantage of. Not that we want to get into a tax discussion, but I, I wanted to highlight that because you meant that was one of your main motivators for getting yeah. into the property. And, that was the sole motivator in the beginning. And, yeah. then I, and then I got into it and I started listening to podcasts and learning, you know, from you and other people in the industry. And I was like, okay, this is actually a great long-term like life strategy to do. Yeah like not just saving on taxes, but yeah. also I want to have that time freedom later in life when I'm in my fifties, this is the way to do it. Like real estate is the way to do it. And I just need to figure out how to get there. Love it. Love it. So what is the next step? What is, we got property number one. We're still, I mean, realistically, we're still kind of in that launch phase, right? We're, we, yeah. you know, usually oh, yeah. launch. I always tell people plan on three to six months, at least to launch a property. We're about three, three and a half months in now. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, it's going great. Like I said, I have no complaints. It's covered. It's covering everything with the current bookings through the month of August. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, this property is costing me nothing. Yeah. Um, it's paying for itself. You know, there is the time out because I self-manage. There is that whole time um, aspect of it that I'm putting time into it, yeah. but I don't, I don't mind it. I like it. I do want to learn the business. Um, you know, there's actually a woman who owns 200 properties up in the Boston area. And she saw my post when I went live on Facebook and Instagram and she reached out to me and she goes, wow, your property is one of the best well-done Airbnbs that I've ever seen. If I have one in the Tampa area, I would love to hire you to do the design and like, you know, get the listing live and everything. And I was like, wow, like this could be a whole nother avenue of like business for me if I wanted to do this. (laughs) Then the gears start turning, right? Like I need another project or another business. I really don't. But you know, that's just the way that my mind works. And I'm like, maybe I can do like management or like design or help people, you know, get an Airbnb. Like I don't want to do it on a day-to-day basis, but if they're like, hey, I'm going to hire you to make this the best Airbnb it could be, 
get them set up and be like, all right, you got the tool now make it happen. Absolutely. To do that. Um, so that's on the back of my mind. And I've actually had some conversations with management companies that are not currently in the STR space. They do long-term rentals. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of wanting to dabble in that. Uh, some of their people who they manage long-term rentals for want to convert their long-term rental property into a short term. So we're having some conversations there. I don't know what that's going to look like yet. Um, I'm also, you know, before we started recording, we were talking about Hawaii. Um, being that I live in Florida, like it would be great to have a place in Hawaii that I could go out and stay at for a month or two if I wanted to. There are a lot of challenges and hurdles there in terms of the short-term regulations that they have, yeah. but um, you know, there, where there's a will, there's a way. So yeah. that's something that I'm currently researching. Um, and then I've also been researching, interestingly enough, um, getting into like some fix and flips, which I never thought <laughs> that I would say. <laughs> But that is not that is not what I thought you were going to say at all of, of, of a long term plan here. <laughs> I honestly didn't think that I would say that either. But you know, there in the neighborhood that I'm in, we just saw a property um, go for two eighty five, which is like pretty much the cost of the lot, if not a little cheaper. And I'm like, man, if we could find that and like seeing what my boyfriend could do, like he may or may not be on board for this, but. Yeah. Seeing what he can do, I'm like, wow, we can save money on like hiring people and just do all of this ourselves <laughs> and then totally flip this property because the market's hot. So I, you know, I, I enjoyed that piece of it too. I do like interior design. Um, I do like making things pretty. So that, you know, could be something down the road. I do have realtors in the area, like on the hunt for, I'm like, Hey, if you have like a pocket listing that you know, comes across your desk and it needs a lot of work, but the price is right. Please give it to me first because I'm really interested in that. So, and not necessarily using my own money to do that either. You know, I'm looking into like the private loan, the hard money, that kind of stuff, lending yeah. um, options and learning from people that do that a lot in that space, because I'm like, I'm fine doing, I was fine doing it with my first property, but I'm like, if I want to do four of these simultaneously, I can't do that with all of my own money. So there have to be more creative financing options out there that I can explore. So like, like you said, three months into it, and these are the avenues that my brain is going down. Right. I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> just it's, try to figure it's it out. for me to listen to, because it's just like, yeah, that it's like, you know, where you're just, you, it, it, which tells you, you love, you know, you enjoy the space. You and you're, yeah, you're it's, an, it's a absolutely. new space that you're, you know, Eight months ago, you didn't even know you really wanted to get into, and now, now look at where the wheels are turning and how it's going. It's really fun and exciting, and 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 it's interesting. I always tell people when you go out and you do things well, people will reach out to you and say, "How are you doing this? You know, you help me with this." And my, yeah. I can't tell you how many of our members are are helping other people get into this game, and like to your point, like helping them get them set up and sharing some of their experiences, and and uh, so that's an exciting part of it as well. So. I, I, you, you know, you get addicted to, I I've done hundreds of remodels. Like we've done a North of 300 remodels over wow. the years. And wow. so, so quite a few and every single one of them, I'm in the, in the middle of it. And I say, I'm never doing another one of these. And you then, always say that I yeah. said that. And now I'm thinking about, right. And exactly. Because we get to the finished yeah. product and we realize at the end game, it's like, Oh, it's really kind of fun to take something from where it was to what it could be and its full potential 
and yeah. see that happen. And so, it, so I, I kind of, uh, I get, a, I get where you're coming from on there. The gratification right? at the end. It makes me think of like Tom Brady when he's like losing, you know, in the fourth yeah. quarter and he has like two minutes left to make like a big thing happen. And then he does, and then he's on that high. Yeah. I feel like that's what real estate is. It you is, know, yeah. like, you're like, you're like in it and you're like, man, this, the first three quarters are sucking. Like this is terrible. And then the fourth quarter you pull it through and, and you, you win. Yeah. And then you're like, <laughs> yeah, you win. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like our golf game, right? We, we can have the worst game ever, but we have one good shot and it brings us right. back. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's how I feel real estate is, but it's been a great experience. I mean, it's been a learning experience. It's been a great experience. Um, I've, I've learned a lot about myself and, you know, it's definitely tested my relationship with my boyfriend, but you know, in a good way, like we didn't kill each other. I think that this is, you know, going to be good for the long term. So yeah. awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, this is, this has been a really fun conversation for me. And so um, and I, I can't wait to see what you do with all those things that are going through your head right now and, and put yeah. them into play because, wow. uh, knowing your personality, you're going to, there's, there's going to be more than one of them that actually come to fruition, I'm sure. So that that's awesome. So, yeah. so if we could go, I always have one question at the very end. And mm-hmm. before I get to that one, I want to say, thank you. I've, I've enjoyed this conversation. I know our listeners are enjoying it. And so I I'm always uh, grateful for people that come on and share their experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, like we said, obviously for being a part of our, our Odyssey family and being able to let us be part of this journey. It's really, really fun for us. And so I appreciate you coming on and sharing it with everybody. And so on the, the last question, and we kind of touched on a couple of these things, but if you had to go back to yourself a year or two or 10 years ago from some of the things you learned from this process and said, okay, Elise, you know, I'm, I'm your older self giving you some advice. What mm-hmm. would you do differently or what advice would you give moving forward to continue to do what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure being on this. It's been a lot of fun having this conversation. So I wanted to say thank you too. Absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, no, if I had a look back on it, I wouldn't have waited so long to get into real estate. I think because my family um, are more they're the more stock market people. And so that's how I've been raised. Um, you know, hey, you want long-term wealth, like put money into the stock market. So when I decided to venture out and do real estate, it was all like, whoa, what are you doing? Like, no, like this is not the way that you need to be spending your money or investing your hard-earned cash. And I'm like, well, you know what? I think that there's something here. So I think that um, I would kind of cut out all of that white noise earlier in life. And, um, you know, there were some tax bills that I look back on and I'm like, ouch, like I could have bought two properties, like yeah. darn, you know? <laughs> and so uh, I definitely think that, you know, I, I learned a lot about running a business and how you can utilize and leverage real estate to work for you. And I, I, real estate is not a bad investment. Land is never going to like completely lose value. Like we're seeing in the stock market, it's not pretty right now. Um, you know, but real estate, you're not going to look at, I'm not going to look at this property 20 years down the road and be like, man, that was like a terrible investment. It's always going to appreciate. Um, and there's so many different avenues that you can go down, um, in the past. I mean, Hey, if I was talking to myself back in 2008, I'd be like, buy as much foreclosure property yeah. as you can. It'll work out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And like, nobody I, was saying that back then, yeah. right? No, we all wanted a time machine to go probably to go back to that time. Yeah. Right. And buy up everything for dirt cheap. And then like, you know, fast forward to where we are now and see that triple what it's worth. Um, yeah. But no, I think that it's, it's been a great learning experience and anybody who's sitting on the fence about whether or not they want to get into real estate, I would just say, you know, take that plunge, make that jump. It's going to be a little scary and there is risk involved, but like there's risk involved in everything. So I think that there are enough people out there doing what 
we want to do successfully to where all you need to do is model that and then you can have success too. Love it. Love the advice and appreciate you sharing it. It's, it is, it's never shocking to me because I give, I would say the same thing, but when people get into stuff, even though we talked, I mean, it's not like we talked about all sunshine and rainbows, the whole, the whole process, right? We shared some things that were bumps in the road, but the advice is always start sooner. Don't, you know, don't second guess yourself. Let's get into this sooner because if you look at something for the long term, the future's bright and and it's yeah. going to, it can put you in a position down the line that uh, you, that you could never be in if you don't start today. And and it's never too late to start, right? The best time to start was always yesterday. The next best time's right now. And so exactly. I think it's great. And I know a lot of people sitting on the fence because of the way that everything is right now with interest yeah. rates on the market. And and I would still say buy now. Yep. We're, like, we're no, buying right now. I've made two offers today. So I absolutely, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like the people who know the game are not sitting around waiting for interest rates to come down. Yep. So if you're thinking about it, keep looking, keep searching. Like my, my youngest sister is looking to buy a house. We're like going out and looking and I'm like, don't worry about the interest rates, like get into a property now. Like she just graduated from dental school. And I'm like, you know, living with the parents, saving money, paying off student loans. And I'm yeah. like, you get into a property now. Like, learn from me. She's yeah. eight years younger than me. I'm like, you almost have a decade on me. Oh, like five yeah. They don't realize how you, when you're, when you're in your twenties, you think yeah. you've got all the time in the world. I you're know like, you do. You, you do. So you really do. Yeah. Like you, you don't realize how beneficial it is to start that young. So I'm glad she's got you as an older, older sister helping <laughs> yeah. along. So the awesome. Well, at least this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. And all of you that have joined us in this conversation, you are always the best part of this show. We know how valuable your time is, and we appreciate you spending it with us today. And I always leave you with one challenge at the end of every episode, and that is to go pick one thing that you can do today to start building that life that you don't want to take a vacation from. Cheers, my friends. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey Grace, is there a website? Yes! For more amazing content and expert advice, visit bodicy.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.